Good morning, Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. How are you this morning? So glad to see your beautiful faces and be in the house of the Lord. Um, We are going to get just as you find your way to your seat, we're going to do some quick announcements. So yesterday was our last Operation Christmas Child Craft Day, but the fun is continuing and um, getting really good. So remember that the theme boxes with the plastic box containers um, is still ongoing. That goes through November 22nd, and you can do this as an individual, as a Sunday school class, or just friends getting together to do a theme box, Um, and that will be judged um, by an unrelated judge. so uh, don't fear, uh, you have a fair opportunity, and then the prizes um, will be awarded November 22nd as well. Um, and then we have uh, our packing party on November 8th, and Sunday evening service at 6 p.m. That is always a tremendous amount of fun. We're going to, um, BJ does a wonderful job organizing it, so it's very um, systematic, and it's just a great time of fellowship. So please make plans to come out and join us for that. And then the actual national collection is the week of November uh, 16th through the 23rd. And we will be having sign-up sheets for volunteers to man the collection station because we'll be having um, curbside drop-off or people can come in as well. So we need all hands on deck for that. So if you feel led, please um, be looking for that sign-up sheet and and do... that and then we will um, our turkey drive is started and we have these great little turkey donation envelopes or you can make an actual turkey donation just let me know so I can make plans to store it um, in the freezer and we are hoping to be issuing out around 25 turkeys to our local community um, so it, that you know is going to be a great opportunity to reach out in our community here in Coppers Cove and um, also, we will be doing um, pickup and delivery options for those people. So we'll be kind of collecting that information and getting back to where you can volunteer and plug in for that outreach opportunity. Um, and we will be having the Food for Families box um, in the foyer there. We just haven't quite got that um, set up. So just be looking for that if you want to donate non-perishable food items. Um, and then we are kind of have this cool idea to support Lottie Moon. We are looking for a Sunday school class or a group of people who might want to adopt the Lottie Moon um, offering uh, project. And so if you are interested, if you um, and your Sunday school class would be interested in doing that, see me and I'll give you some details um, as we try to increase our awareness of Lottie Moon and and that offering that we have going on. and then the Youth Fellowship are having their uh, fellowship and party next Saturday um, from 3 to 7. So that is exciting to have happening. We're going to be having uh, just good food and uh, games and stuff like that. So if you are a youth or you are um, know someone that is a youth, then tell them to come on out and check us out. Uh, then we would just like to continue to announce if you want to join the praise team for the Christmas cantata, choir practice for that is Sunday evenings at 4.30, and regular choir practice is Sundays at 9. Um, then we also have um, a need for a greeter. We used to have a really great greeter, and because of health reasons, she is no longer with us here at the church. And so we are looking to build a team of greeters of about four to six people to rotate through Sundays, so if you feel led um, to do that, please contact me and we'll kind of get you set up. It'll basically just be greeting the visitors, giving a bulletin, and giving the little greeter card so we make sure that that gets filled out and returned. Um, And then don't forget that November 15th, Randy and Debbie Fair will be entertaining us um, with their music ministry. All right? And we'll have a video for Operation Christmas Child.
morning. Welcome to Welcome to the Baptist Church. This is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. For visiting with us this morning, we want to welcome you. Ask you to fill out the little visitor card you'll find in front of you. Place an offering plate in the front of that so we can have a record of your visit. We would greatly appreciate that. In the meantime, church, uh, I want to take us to the Lord in prayer. But as I watched that video, Earth God, I saw Franklin Graham and I saw Samaritan Church and I saw Operation Christmas Child. No one really touched me, but no more Billy Graham. You know, Billy's been gone a while. He's been home in heaven. And the thought kept coming to my mind is, who is going to fill his shoes? No one has stepped up to become that evangelist. No one has stepped up to share the gospel. And I wonder if God is saying, God to earth, come in. I've been speaking to you for years. Are you stepping out? those things in mind as we go to the Lord and say, Father, as we come to now in Jesus' name, we want to thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. And as we worship, Lord God, I pray you speak to us, Lord. Open our ears to hear, Lord. Open our hearts to know. Open our eyes to see, Lord. And if there's anyone who needs to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior, anyone, Father God, who is hearing our voice that needs to come to know you, would you let today be the day? Would you let now be the time? I pray, Lord, for those who are out traveling, for those, Father God, that are out sick, for those, Lord, who are missing church for other reasons. Would you let them know they are loved and that they are prayed for? Would you bring them safely back to Go with us now to our time of worship. We ask for your spirit. We ask for your anointing. We ask, Lord, that we can bless and praise your holy righteous name. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Pastor, good morning. After a song like that, how can you not be ready to worship the Lord? Amen. Are you ready to go to Beulah Land? I don't know about you, but i got loved ones that are already there, and I can't wait to see them again. And it's because of the blood of Jesus Christ I get to go. Are you ready to go to Beulah Land? I know you can feel it here lately. I know it's the year 2020. You can feel the pressure. All Christians can. All of those that have been following after the Spirit, you can feel the weight. You can feel the tension. You can feel it in the air. Something's about to happen. All you got to do, Christian, is stay faithful. Stay true. Stay in God's Word. Our redemption draweth nigh. Amen? Come on now. One of these days, we're going to look up and we're going to see Him coming. And we're going to be saying, Beulah Land, here I come. Woo, man. I'm preaching myself happy this morning. We ain't even started yet. Do you have your Bibles with you this morning? If you do, turn with me, please. The book of Genesis. The book of Genesis. No, nothing gets you excited like heaven. Amen. I want to go to heaven. Some of us are praying, say, Lord, take me to heaven, but don't take me right now. Amen. <laughs> Woo, goodness gracious. We have begun a sermon series. We're going to conclude it today on superheroes in Jesus. And so you have looked with me at Joseph who was our picture of how to run away from sin. That's what he did. He ran away from sin. Remember, he ran away from Potiphar's wife. Ran away just as fast as his legs would carry him. We looked last week at Uriah the Hittite, who was our picture of obedience. Remember that? He was obedient even unto death. He carried his very own death plan in his hand back to the general Joab where he was murdered. So we need to be Joseph. We need to be like Joseph. We need to run away from sin. We need to be obedient, even unto death. Let me give you a scripture for that right now. What Jesus said, like this. Are you ready for this? Pick up your cross and follow after me. Some of you say, Brother Josh, I have a hard time remembering scripture. Well, I want to give you the easiest scripture to remember this morning. Have faith in God. Amen? You say that, have faith in God. Congratulations. You just remember scripture. All right? Uriah the Hittite was obedient even unto death. And he's our second picture. And we're going to pick up this morning with a guy named Eliezer of Damascus. So look with me, please, at Genesis chapter 15. I'm going to look at the first three verses there. And before we do that, and boy, I love to hear those pages turn. So, And I want to warn you, we're going to jump around a little bit this morning. We're all going to have some fun. So feel free to laugh in the house of God because I believe, just like you do, that a merry heart doeth well like a medicine. And so if you start laughing, that means God is working in your life, and that means God is speaking to you. If you start crying, that means God is working in your life, and you probably need to come see Jesus this morning. Amen? All right, Genesis 15. Uh, let's look at verses 1 through 3. The Bible says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Look, you've given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Father, we come to you now in Jesus' holy and righteous name. We want to thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, your word would have its way. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. So I pray, Lord, it would cut into our hearts this morning. Cut down into our souls, Lord. Yes, there be one person that needs to repent and needs to come to know your personal Lord and Savior. Or one person, Father God, that needs to get right with you. Would you let this morning be the morning? I thank you and praise you and give you the glory even now in Jesus' name. Amen. 
picture of Damascus is our first picture this morning. So we're going to look at two guys, literally. So we're going to look at the combination of those three. Remember, Joseph runs away from sin. Remember that Uriah is obedient even unto death. But Eliezer is going to be a picture as well. And when you put all three of those pictures to work in your life, you're going to find yourself being a superhero for Jesus. Can I preach that the Baptist church this morning? Do we ever talk about that anymore? So we need some superheroes nowadays. We need some Christian heroes. All we have is TV role models. All we have is Christians on TVs and the movies. And I'm here to tell you, let me just be honest with you, the movies don't always tell you what's going to happen being a Christian. But the Bible tells us that if we will put these things to work in our life, we will find victory through He who's greater in you. Somebody say amen. So think about that as we put these principles to work in our life this morning. We see Abram, who's talking to God, in Genesis 15 here, God speaks to him and says, Hey, Abraham! Now, he's going to change his name to Abraham shortly. So I'm going to go ahead and refer to him as Abraham. But I want to give you a little piece of Hebrew funny, if you will. Hebrew humor. Abram means, are you ready for this? Exalted father. He ain't even got no kids. That ought to be funny. It's supposed to be funny. Then God changes his name to Abraham, which means exalted father of a nation. And you're thinking, what? That's really funny. Unless you have Abraham's faith, which is what we need a little bit of this morning. Amen? Abraham talks back to God and says, Lord, what are you going to give me? Can I go childless? But let's look at that number one point right there. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham the vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Sometimes we forget that God is our reward. Sometimes we forget that God is who it's all about. When we start looking into this book, when we start looking into what's going on in our lives, we often try to make us, ourselves, the number one character in the book. No, this book ain't about you. It's about God. Amen? It's about God being number one in our life. And we need to learn from Abraham and how God gives Abraham the truth this morning. He says, I am your great reward. And by the way, Abraham, I'm your shield. Do you feel like somebody's throwing darkness? Do you feel like somebody's just having at you? Do you feel like nothing's going right? Do you feel like everything is going wrong? Well, it's time for you to hear the voice of the Lord. I am your shield. When you get in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, and he says, pick up your shield and make sure it's the shield of faith. Now you know what he's talking about. Make sure you got God in your life. Somebody say amen. Do you have God in your life this morning? If you don't, I want to invite you to come to know Jesus. If you don't, I want to invite you to give your heart to Jesus Christ. Because I want to see you in Judah land. Because he will become your exceeding great reward. You understand what he's saying to Abram? I am your reward. One of these days, Abram, you're going to be up here with me, seeing me face to face, hearing my voice without any distortion, without any doubt. You ever heard God's voice and say, was that really God? like this. That means you're a bad You ever said, I think God's talking to me, but I just don't know. Amen, or oh me. Abram has God as his great reward. And you know what's funny? Abram just like the rest of us. Well, I don't have any children, so what are you going to give me? Come on. I'm going to give you myself. How many of you know that divine love, God's love, is never perfect until God gives himself. 
gives anything less than himself. And many of us talk about, we know what real love is. Real love only can give of itself. And here is God speaking to Abraham saying, I am your reward. In other words, I want to give you me, Abraham. Yeah, I want that. I want to give you me. Some of us forget that. We're worried about what's going on in the world. We're worried about whether or not we're going to get sick. We're worried whether or not we're going to pay our bills. You ain't got nothing to worry about. You got God. Amen. So Abel cries out and says, What are you going to give me? I don't have an heir. And this guy, he was born in my house, so I raised him up. His name is Eliezer of Damascus. Look at here in verse 1. Abel says, God, what are you going to give me? I'm sorry, verse 2. What will you give me? Seeing I go childless. And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Now put yourself in Abel's position. Abel was a wealthy guy. We know he was wealthy. We know he was wealthy because he moved out of his father's house. He gained capital. He gained cows. He gained goats. He gained camels. He gained servants. Later on, when he goes into Egypt, and Pharaoh increases his riches. So we know that Abram is a very wealthy individual. So he's going to inherit all this stuff. So let's find out a little bit about Eliezer. I want to remind you that you need to be a Joseph. You run away from sin. I want to remind you that you need to be a Uriah. Be obedient. Even when you don't want to be. Even when it isn't going your way. Even when you know it's going to end in a way you don't want it. Be a Uriah to get that. Well, that's not this need to be an Eliezer of the Nazareth. He was born a slave. But his slave had hope. He wasn't like this traditional slave. This slave, Eliezer, had hope. Wasn't his hope? The Bible tells us that he was born in Abraham's house and that he was still to inherit everything. Abram had. Did you hear Does that make sense to you this morning? He was there and he was going to inherit everything Abram had. In other words, when Abram kicked the bucket, Eliezer was going to be the next guy in charge. But he was born a slave. All his life he had served Abram. All his life he worked to make Abram better. And when Abram died, he was going to inherit every single bit of it. Goes into Egypt and church, 
Samuel takes Sarai into his household and gives Abram a dowry paid to her. And God intervenes, thank God, and Samuel finds out that they're married and he has to give the lesson of morals to Abram. What are you doing, man? This could have brought ruin on our nation. How many of you know God takes adultery very seriously? Very seriously. And so he kicks them out. But there's a new question in Abram's heart and mind. Son of Abram, what is that? He comes from the Hagarim, which means the Egyptian. That's the name, isn't it? Now you know. Sir? Eventually, he works away with the Sarai's son. The Sarai goes in one day and says, I know God's been promising you, and I know God's been speaking to you, and I know one day we're going to have a son. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's help God out. Hey, I know God can do all things, but maybe He's waiting for us to do it. How many of you want to learn a spiritual truth this morning? Here's a spiritual truth. Are you ready for this? A lot of times in the church, we say, we can't just stand still. We've got to do something. The Bible says, don't do something. Stand still and watch the deliverance of the Lord. And here goes Sarah saying, we'll go into Hagar and have a child. And we'll help God's promise come true. You already see the red flag going, right? Well, we know the rest of the story, but Abram knows. Abram does what he probably would have done. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, I don't want my wife to be mad at me, sure. And he does his thing. Only men laugh at that. Hey, don't worry, ladies, you'll get your revenge in a little bit, okay? However, <laughs> he has a child, his name is Ishmael. He now stands with her for the poor elderly. Imagine how he felt. He's already old. He's already there. Abraham is right at a hundred years old. And he's thinking, any day now, I'm going to get up in the morning. And the old guy isn't going to get up. And my fortune, my status, is going to change. Until Hagar came. Until Ishmael was born. Now, all of a sudden, Eliezer has to come with a fruit. He is now never inherited. He'll never stop being slave. He'll never be Abraham. He'll always be Daddy Eden. Have you ever been in any Perhaps you did right now. Perhaps you're at work. And you're standing in line for that promotion you've been waiting on for years. And you've been asking God for that promotion. I need that status change. Everybody's eyes. For some reason, he catches everybody's ears. He's the next one to be promoted. He's thinking, I've been faithful. I've been true. I've been loyal for 100 years, Abraham. What happens now? Well, even though Eliezer loses that hope, We need to stay humble. See, Eliezer is our picture of humble. We need to run away from sin, and we need to be obedient. We also need to be humble like Eliezer. See, Eliezer didn't just sit back and eat sour oats. He didn't sit back and eat his heart out. 
He was brought into the family of Abraham to be able to serve it. He had hope one day of not being able to serve it. And then church faith changed that. God changed that by bringing Isaac into the picture. And Eliezer never once complained. Somebody say amen. We need some people like that in the church today. You know, when you go to some Baptist churches, they split sometimes over the color of carpet. They have fights sometimes over the size of a toilet. My goodness, we need to be Eliezer's of Damascus and just get back to God's work. Here's Eliezer, humble. It's my own born and not a word, not a peep, not one word of complaint. Verse 12 through 14. Then he said, O Lord God of my master, this is Eliezer, after he arrived, 
Oh, Lord, God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give you a camel to drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. What kind of humble man was that? What kind of wonderful guy was Eliezer to show up at the well and pray for God's blessing on his new master Isaac? Let the woman you choose be a humble, adoring, a one of those ladies who's able, let me tell you, Isaac's wife wasn't a lady who said, I need help all the time. She wasn't a lady who said, please understand. No, no, no. She was capable. She was able. She was strong. And she was, without a doubt, a Baptist. She was strong-willed. You know, I like strong-willed women. That's why I married Betsy. Betsy and I have some great debates sometimes. Politically, biblically, and you know, thank God she doesn't read Greek or Hebrew because that's the only way I can beat her. We have some of those great debates. But could you imagine this young Nebuchadnezzar? She's there at the well. And Eliezer, the master, prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, did you hear what he said? I want you to bless my master because I love him. I want you to bless Isaac because I love him. We need a good old-fashioned dose of humility in the church today. We need to be humble. We need to be able to say it doesn't matter if that person has got it better than I do. I'm still willing and able to serve no matter what it costs me. No matter that there's no status change or promotion ever involved in it because I love you, God. We need that again in the church. We're missing that. People serve God now because they think they're going to get a promotion out of it. Wrong. You serve God because He's the Lord. Most of us forget that. Eliezer, the master, pray, bless my future master Isaac was a wonderful woman. How many of you have been thinking, I'm going to choose the ugliest, meanest girl I can find. I will make sure his life is miserable like mine. Let me tell you another spiritual truth we forget about. Misery loves company, does And when you find a miserable person, all they want to do is make you miserable with them. Why is that? Because they don't feel so alone. And they do that true. They will make you miserable with them. So what happens when you find a miserable person? Give them the good news and move on. What's the good news? Is you don't have to be miserable. You have a God in heaven who takes your work as only begotten son. It's time for you to be an Eliezer and get busy being busy. That started being a little silent, didn't it? Eliezer prayed for his master. Go and get a wife for my son. Anyone, sir, ever had a reason to protect Wonderful lady she 
was. He worshipped the God of Abraham. Look at me in verse 27. The Bible says he bowed his head and worshipped God. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that something fantastic? Bowed his head and worshipped God. Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham. He's not forsaken his mercy and his truth for the master. As for me being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master. Bless God. He worshipped the God of Abraham. Let me give you a scripture of what happened. It comes out of Philippians chapter 2. You probably know it quite well. Starting in verse 5, the Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. But, church, he made himself, this is verse 7, of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. You know what that means? He humbled himself. Can you imagine what it would be like to be the God of this universe? To be the one who spoke creation into existence. The one who said, let there be light, and there was light. The one who said, let there be dry land, and there was dry land. The one who said, let the trees come forth. Let the animals come forth. And he was that one to come down in the form of a helpless servant. To be helpless. To be dependent. To grow into a man to experience things you've never experienced before. been there. We've all been there. And you might be there tonight. You're not saying, I deserve to be in Abraham's place. I'm sorry, there's an Isaac in there. You know what Isaac stands for? Laughter. I love this name. Laughter. Sometimes we need to just stop what we're thinking and just have a big old laugh. Amen. Sometimes we need to do that and say, ha, 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 ha. Now look at everyone. Anyways, he was humble to his master, humble to God. But Jonah shows up and needs to run away from sin, and Uriah shows up the need for obedience. Then without a doubt, Eliezer shows up the need for humility. He shows us that need. Let's look at some other verses here in Genesis 24. Look at verse 15. It happened before he had finished speaking that, behold, Rebekah, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, Son of Nukhtah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her picture on her shoulder. Look at verse 27. It said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. As for me being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's blessing. Now I want to take you back in time to this Eliezer is not from Abraham's house. He's born there, but he's from Damascus. Remember his name? Eliezer of Damascus. That means his family is God's That means somewhere down the line, he decided in his heart of hearts, somewhere down the line, he said, you know what? Abraham's God is God. Abraham's Lord is the one true God. Maybe that's where you're at right now. Maybe you're just saying, I've been looking, and I've been looking, and I've been looking, and I can't seem to find anything. I want you to know that Abraham's God is God. I want you to know that you could be an Eliezer of the Master. That means you can turn from all your false gods and you can turn to the one 
true God, the God who lives, the God who sees, the God who really hears, the God who has mercy, and the God who sin is one and only begotten Son. You could be an Elohim. You too can say, God of Abraham, have mercy on Blessed be the name of the Lord. No, he'll do those things. Biggest problem in the church today is sin. Amen. We don't preach against sin. We're afraid of offending people nowadays. We don't even call sin what it is. The Bible says it's heinous beyond degree. The Bible says it's comparable to the odor of dead things. Remember Job down in Texas Road and came across something dead on the road. You roll up the window quick, don't you? Don't you? You think about those things. When we sin, it picks up the odor of death. In fact, the New Testament says we're dead in our sins. God loved us so much. He gave us His only begotten Son so that we could be alive in Him. We walk back alive in Him. We need to understand how serious sin is. We need to understand how serious obedience is. You know, the sin of disobedience is comparable to the sin of disobedience. And most of us would not ever think about that. Ah, this doesn't mean nothing. God told me to do it. I'm not going to do it. I should be doing it. I'm not going to do it. It might as well be an idol worshiper. It's the same kind of sin. If you're going to be a superhero to Jesus, you've got to stop running away from sin. That means when sin comes in your life, and it's going to come, it's going to be right there in front of your face. It's going to show up in your family. It's going to show up in your house. It's going to grab a hold of you. Be a Joseph and boom, run to Egypt. Get gone. Also, got to be a Uriah, and that's when God gives us jobs we don't want to do. When God gives us tasks we don't think we should do, that means we need to die to ourselves, swallow hard, and go. Sometimes we got to be humble, like Elie Wiesel. Elie in my opinion, was probably the second most humble guy. He was the first Moses, because the Bible says the second. Moses was. So Elie had to be right there behind Moses. He did not complain one time when his status needed to change. Can you imagine that hope he had all those years? I wonder if he ever I wonder if he ever sat there saying, Fifty fifty chance he was coughing last night, man, I could wake up rich. You never know. I doubt it though. He was going to use it. You know what he did? And I love Abraham. God blessed him. Queen, right? Yes, I bail. Jezebel. 
Jezebel. Isn't that funny? About 60 years ago, you ladies would make up, would be called a Jezebel for coming to church and making one today. And not shaving your legs. Thank God things have changed. Go like this. Amen, amen, in the Baptist church. I'm telling you, if Becky had hairy legs, I would have said, it ain't happening, man. Anyways, here we go. We got Elijah. He was prophesied in years without rain. It's been about three and a half years with no rain either. None whatsoever. Elijah said to King Ahab, Now, let me talk about Ahab's wife just for a second if you will. Yes, I'll bail. You know, most of us we get that name, but it's not an ominous word, it doesn't. It's kind of a taboo now. Yes, I'll bail. You know what that means, yes? It means the altar of my Lord. Lord they're talking about is Baal, as in Jezebel. Baal literally means another substitute. So when you worship Baal, you're worshiping another husband. That's why God oftentimes says you're committing adultery on your house of Israel. You're with another husband. You're worshiping Baal. God uses that Baal word just for you to learn right there. All right, so Jezebel's queen, Ahab is king, and Elijah is the voice of God. Elijah says to King Ahab one day in verse 41, Go up, eat and drink. Now you know what happened, right? They've had a big contest on the Mount Carmel. Huge, big contest. And this contest had determined who Israel was going to worship, either God or Baal. In fact, the contest consisted of this right here. If the Lord, if Yahweh, if Jehovah is God, he'll answer by fire. If Baal is God, He'll answer by fire. Both the prophets of Baal pray, 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 and pray, and nothing happens. Elijah comes up, prays, and the Bible says fire comes down. That's what it says. And then all of Israel grabs the prophets of Baal, and they do away with them. This is something they did it on a long time ago. And some of us have been letting sin in our lives. We've been letting the devil in our lives. We've been letting the prophets of Baal in our lives. And we think we can handle it when you can't. They're going to keep growing and growing and growing. And the next thing you know, there's 400 of them in your life. It never starts with just one. And you can't handle any of them. Get rid of them! You know, the fire comes down. And all of Israel says, well, the Lord is God. Of course, King Ahab, he's a little bit angry. Very angry. But Elijah speaks up to him here in verse 41. It says, go up, eat and drink, for there's the sound of an abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face and he said to his servant, Go up now, look for the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There's nothing. And seven times he said, There again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud, small as a man's hand, rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up, say to King Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops. You know, it's so important about that. Now, when you start thinking of King Ahab's chariot, don't think of Ben Hur's chariot in the old movie where you got one person in it. No, no, no. You're thinking of something comparable to a tank. It's huge. Inside it is a, a small army gathered around the king. The king would sit in the middle on kind of a throne, and they would have two or three drivers up front. They'd have archers on each side of him. They'd have spearmen and swordmen with shields behind him. And all this was carried by four or sometimes six or sometimes eight horses. Never just King Ahab, though. These weren't little cow ponies, y'all. These weren't quarter horses. These were Arabian horses. Best. 
steps finish by. That King, King Ahab, remember, was married to Jezebel. He wasn't driving around in some generic car, y'all. He was going out in the best Mercedes Benz, you know. There he was in his chariot. Now, why was it so important to go for the rain came? Because it kept it. And it started raining, the ground was just washed. And that chariot was straight down the end. And no matter how far they forced the pool, that chariot was stuck right stuck until it dried up. You ever been there? It's stuck right now? There's Ahab. He's said, man, i got to get moving. And he does. And the Bible says he's on his way. Look at verse 45. Now, it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away. Now, look at Jezreel. Now, remember, I've been telling you all this to show you what happened. If you will run away from sin, if you will be obedient to the point of death, if you will be humble like Eliezer, you're going to find yourself doing just what Nero kind of thing is to do. Look at what the Bible says in verse 43. We often miss this, but this is nothing less than a miracle. The Bible says in verse 46, Then the hand of the Lord, and I will tell you a miracle there, Then the hand of the Lord came upon Eliyahu, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Could you imagine that? As Ahab and his escort are on their way to Jezreel, going just as fast as they can to try to outrun the rain, out of a sudden goes that crazy prophet right past him to Jezreel. Could you imagine, imagine Ahab? looking at over top of it. Can you imagine how that felt? Some of us missed that miracle. It's time for us to give me that. It's time for us to start saying no to sin, to run away from it, to become obedient to the point of death, to become humble like Eliezer. And we're going to find ourselves finally beating the enemy to our goal. Somebody say amen. How many times do we feel like the devil's beating us to the point? We'll say no to sin, become obedient, become humble, and outrun Ahab to Jezreel. It's time for us to do that. It's time for us to be superheroes to Jesus. It's time for us to gird up our loins and outrun King Ahab. I don't know about you, but I also wonder about the torture. They got back to Jezreel and they got put in their stalls. Can you imagine what they said to each other? Like, uh, I ain't telling nobody. You ain't telling nobody. That crazy prophet, I reckon you imagine his beard. He had that camel's hair. He was eating nothing but locusts and wild honey. He ran by breathing heavy. Could you imagine the breath? The horses, no wonder they slowed down. Ooh, and now you know why there was no music at Yahoo. Amen? Go like this, lady. Come on, we ain't marrying no grasshopper eating guy. No, I told you to get some revenge in America. Think about it. Last but not least, people tell me all the time, Brother Josh, I don't see a miracle being taken. They want to see the blind. They want to see the deaf get their hearing back to themselves. People who can't move stand up. And I want to tell you, God still does I want to tell you, He's in the miracle working business. He says, Josh, you tell me to come down the aisle and get my sight back in the room. What I'm telling you is this. Many years ago, there was a dead man in the tomb. Dead. Full of pain. You know, his legs died. One day, the Son of God, who humbled himself, who said no to sin, who was obedient even unto death, went by that grave. And he cried with everybody. And he loved everybody. And then he cried. 
Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says he didn't care. I want to see a miracle like that. I want to see God do something. I want you to know that God is still in the miracle working for And I want you to know that every time somebody's dead in their sins, they're going to come down the aisle and put Jesus in their heart. It is no less of a miracle than God raising Jesus from the dead. Would you be willing to have a miracle? Would you be willing to let Jesus raise you from the death of your sins and bring you to life everlasting? And you can sing that song, Be the Land We Love. Would you be willing to have that this morning? Perhaps you're one who says, Gosh, I can't, can't believe. It's hard to believe when you're dead. It's time to have life. Come to Jesus. Let's say, Joshua, I am a Christian. But I haven't been living right.
know Sister Martha Williams, but I know her. I've known her for about 10 years. She is uh, come with me from Northside Baptist Church. And let me tell you, I was thrilled when she said she was coming because she prayed for me. And when she prayed for me, I know the devil thought the book. And I could not be grateful enough for her. She come this morning and said, not only has God told me to come and pray with you, God told me to be a part of our family. Amen. He's a born-again, blood-bought, redeemed believer. And such, he's going to be an asset. He's not going to be a teacher if she's going to get out and get them. So she's ready to get involved. So I'm going to ask you, would you pray for her? Would you support her in the decision to be a part of our family? That family man, Welcome to the family of Rose Baptist Baptist Church. God bless you. Would you stay right up here with us? Come on up, son. Come on up, Mindy. Church, this is Sean and Mindy. These are some of my dear friends right here. And let me tell you right now, uh, they are good people. And they've come this morning saying, Father God, you called them to be a part of Welsh family Baptist Church. If you will bless them and pray for them and ask God to use them here in our church, would you say amen? Amen. That sounds unanimous to me as well. Welcome to the family of Welsh family Baptist Church. You stand right over there. We're going to close in a word of prayer. But as we finish praying, instead of meeting me at the door, would you all come by and hug the next uh, some of our newest members of Welsh family Baptist Church? Tell them you're going to pray for them. Introduce yourself to them and get involved and get them involved in what Robert Matthews is doing. And let me tell you, we are a, a family. I love our slogan. It's been here since I was a kid. Once inside the door, strange no more. Amen. And we need to make that a reality. So come and be a part of that. All right. Uh, let's close in that word of prayer. Do we have any last minute prayer requests? Come to the comments before we go. Anybody? I'll be back for now. All right. Yes, sir.
said, Lord, I pray that we'll find out he's good to go. And then he just had a hard talk. And he's back down his feet and back to his family and friends. Also pray, Lord, for what's going on in Tyler's life. And the Lord bless him. Bless him in his spirit. Let him know, Lord, God, through the existence. And the lady he had to go, Father, you bring her back to health. And Jesus told him about the same weekend. Father, keep us safe as we go about our business this week. Turn the church back again to your house. The work is here. Let every heart sing. So it's been good to be in your house. Let's be Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all.